This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, friends. I am so excited that you're back. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. I am so excited to chat with you today about what a week in the life of a director of operations looks like. So as you're listening to this, you may be a person looking to become a director of operations, and you also may be at a place in your business where you're contemplating needing additional support, which could come in the form of a DOO, which is a director of operations. And that's how I'll refer to them for the rest of this episode. But before we get going, I just want to come in and just tell you how big my dreams are for this year. I have something at my sleeve that I'm going to be releasing about middle of the year, and I'm not alone. I know that you guys have these exact same dreams and I cannot wait to see that happen for you. And also, I hope that you'll allow me to be a part in really helping you carve out what it looks like to scale your business in 2020. I just wanted to take a just a quick second to tell you thank you for being here and I just look forward to such greatness in 2020. All right, so what is a director of operations? Let's start there. So a director of operations is a right-hand person. It's someone who comes into your business to truly serve as an integrator. I don't use the word integrator because that's really an EOS. If you've ever heard or read the book Rocket Fuel or Traction, EOS is the company behind that, and they own that term. But this is a very similar role to an integrator. And just let me kind of get this out there really quick. You can listen back to episode number two, which is talking about what a director of operations is. But let me just kind of give you the cliff notes really quick. A director of operations is the term and the certification that I have created, which is based solely on the work that I did in corporate America for 15 years. And so in the corporate space, they could be called a, a lot of times they come out of the project management space, but then they rise into leadership of the organization with the title of chief of staff or director of operations. And so that's what I have done. I have really translated all the skills and all the gifts that I got and received and was born with and turned it into something that I believe really helps support small businesses in the 21st century. So a director of operations is really a right-hand person. It's someone who comes in, helps you oversee both projects, people, and processes, helps you to look at their finances, at your own finances, also helps you to truly allow you to ascend into a leadership role. And I want to be very clear that not every single business needs a director of operations. And if you're at the beginning stages of business or in the growing phases, the building or the growing phase, you're probably looking at different roles to help support you. Even though I know it sounds wonderful to have a right-hand person, 
there are many different forms of a right-hand gal or even a right-hand guy, if you will. But if you're in the growing and the building phases, you're probably not looking for somebody who has this much experience. You're probably looking at someone who is still implementing alongside of you. And that is exactly what you need at that time. So when your business is around This is not, by the way, before we get there, before I put these numbers out there, I just want to let you guys know that you can use a director of operations in multiple phases of business, but the time when it's going to be the most pertinent and the most common time I see directors of operations coming into businesses in either a part-time or a full-time capacity is in the revenue range of $500,000 per year up to about $2 million. When we get beyond that, we really start looking at more of a full-time role. And then after we get about $8 million in revenue every year, you're going to start seeing a chief operating officer or a COO. Those are my definitions. And I wanted to make sure that I shared those with you guys today. Because that's really the example that we're going to be talking about as I really paint the picture of what a director of operations looks like and works like in a dedicated week. So the companies that we come in, that director of operations come in and serve, I told you they have revenue above $500,000 and they likely have a team of contractors that is working on their behalf. They probably or they could have employees as well. So the director of operations is going to serve this client and they could potentially, depending on the arrangement, but they could potentially serve up to maybe one or two more, really depends on the complexity of the team, the projects, the launch schedule. And if that CEO wants to bring that this person in as an employee or a contractor. So I also want to caveat this. If you're a director of operations and you're listening to this, I will also share that a director of operations has many different facets. So you can be a director of operations and running a very different business than the next person. Some directors of operations are only going to come in and do short-term work. They're only going to do strategic work. They're only going to do projects and processes. Whereas the one that I'm going to talk about today, the most common, the one that I have built my business off of is a director of operations who's going to serve in a business time after time, week after week, and hopefully year after year. To be really honest, I remember looking at changing the landscape for myself and creating something that looked very similar to corporate when I was playing more in the online business manager space. And to me, that meant that I was implementing. I was a little bit strategic, but really I was being more of a yes person. And if you listen to the last episode, I feel like a the biggest difference in a director of operations and some of the other support roles are the difference in being a yes ma'am versus a yes comma maybe person. So I found myself in the space where I didn't want to just nod my head and do the work. I need those people in my business. So there's nothing wrong with that role, but I definitely wanted to exert my leadership, my strategy skills, my all the expertise and all the experience that I have and come in and really be side by side with the leaders of these businesses. So Some people in the director of operations space only want one client. They only want to work, let's say, you know, part-time, whatever that sounds like to you in the U.S. Part-time is just, it naturally comes out to about 20 hours a week. That's just how we've kind of been brainwashed, if you will. So, but other people are out there and they want to earn more. They want to serve more and they may take on more than one client. So 
This example that I'm going to be talking about today is looking at the person who has at least one director of operations client that they're working with, and they are overseeing a team of, let's say, three to 10 contractors or employees. Alrighty, so here's the scoop. With a director of operations, we are going to begin every single week by reviewing all of the project plans. And we're also going to identify any scope creep that has happened. If scope creep sounds like a new word to you, let me just kind of describe it for a second. Let's say you're working on a project and the leader, the CEO, the business owner, whatever you want to call them, interjects through the week in Voxer, maybe in Trello, whatever tools you're using and says, you know what, I want to do it this way. So that's an inject or something new. So guess what? That's called scope creep. The scope of the project has now increased. And I would be lying to you if I said that that never happened because it definitely will happen. And as the director of operations, sometimes that's okay. And sometimes we can allow for it. And other times we don't have the manpower or the human capital to make that happen. So you're going to spend some time in the project management tool. I have mostly been using Trello, but as tools are developing and new technology is coming about, that may not be the tool of your choice. I'm also going to level set and create goals and targets for the week. So remember, I'm managing multiple people who all have specific roles. Some of them may be really small contributors to the business. And some of them may be more integrated, more in that online business manager space or virtual assistant space where they're going to be taking care of multiple things versus somebody who is like a graphic designer who's really in the business like 10 hours a week. But regardless, I'm going to have to look into the project management tool. That is really my chief skill set is being a project manager. So I'm going to want to make sure that everything is updated in the tool because that's how everybody gets their marching orders and what they need to do. So I'm going to update the tool for anything that has changed through the week. I'm also just going to keep an eye on it and see if we are, if some of the teammates have not been doing what they need to be doing. And trust me, I hate to say this, but maybe they have fallen short. Maybe they are too busy. They're overloaded. I want to look at all of those things. And that is a strategic human capital resource that you're going to play in the business. And so I'm always looking at volumes and capacity planning, making sure that we're all staying on top of what it is that we're responsible for. All right, the next thing is preparing for my weekly one-on-one meeting with the CEO. I am going to do that by preparing an agenda. I will never go into a meeting. And if you are looking for this kind of support or you want to be a director of operations, I can tell you right now that an agenda is crucial right? This is not the kind of role where your BFFs and your mastermind sisters, and yes, there's a time and place for that, but really you are there to be a strategic counterpart. And so create the agenda, prepare for this so you know exactly what you're going to talk about, and then save some time at the beginning or the end, hopefully the end, to kind of catch up personally, because this is like a familial role. I know I've said this before in other podcasts, but as a director of operations, I have become the closest of friends. I know Dana Moss staff is a great example. Jacqueline Malone is a great example. Kelsey Murphy is a great example. Molly McPherson is, I mean, all of these people I have served and they are now some of my closest friends. 
So you are responsible for leading this meeting and it likely is going to take place on Monday, which always says for me, I just like to kick off the week with the leader. If they want to give me feedback or give me some updates, I like to have this time at the beginning of the week. I feel like it creates a less chaotic week. And then I can also translate this information to any of the players on the team so that we're all really using our time efficiently. So the goal of this meeting is to sync up with the leader and keep them abreast of the project statuses, and the team performance. So just so you know, this right-hand person is now overseeing and directing your team. You are now out of that role. You are truly being the leader of your business. And as the leader and CEO of your business, you are delegating the team management, the process management, and the people management all to the director of operations. And this leaves you to create content that is unique to you that you're going to need to propel your your business forward, really give you the visibility that you want to continue to grow. Also gonna give you space to network and create valuable relationships that are going to enrich your bottom line and possibly develop you. And the last thing is so that you can focus on revenue generating activities. These are all the things that CEOs need to be doing to get up into that space, you're going to have to abdicate some of those responsibilities to someone else. And I see a lot of business owners kind of abdicating those responsibilities to multiple players. You need one player, and that player is the director of operations. And so that's why it's crucial at the very beginning of the week to come together with the leader to make sure that you and her or him are in lockstep and you're ready to lead the team to optimal performance that year. The base of this meeting all stems from a strategic mapping. That is my proprietary framework called the strategic mapping model. And you perform this every single quarter with the business owner. This allows you to bring massive clarity to know exactly what is on the docket, what you're going, it really gives you boundaries. And clarity is the number one word that people tell me after we do this exercise. I know what I'm doing. I have direction. And the beauty to this is that the team now understands what they are going to be responsible for. So we're going to look at that strategic mapping. I have it in a Trello board. Other people use Asana, ClickUp. Really, it can be anything, but that's what I have it in. And I'm going to discuss the statuses of the various projects. Remember, I've already done the research and I've already done, I, I do this myself on a Sunday night to prepare for Mondays and to prepare this agenda. So I'm going to be looking at what the team has gotten done and are we hitting our targets, our milestones that I, as the project manager, the lead projects manager, the person who's responsible for the delivery of these projects, is the team meeting or missing their milestones? And another thing is if maybe let's say we have a, we're putting together a launch and the team has created a landing page this week or a sales page. I want to make sure that I present that to the leader and I get the approvals or any feedback there. Instead of having this come, remember, I'm the one person, I'm the connector from the team to the leader. So it's my job to collect all of this. I'm not just collecting it either. When the team turns it into me, I am really thinking through this strategically. Does this match our goals, the vision for the company? Does this match the leader's look and feel, the brand guidelines, the voice guidelines? Does this look like something that he or she is going to approve of? And if it's not, I'm going to give that feedback back to the team. So by the time I bring the final draft to the leader, it's almost always a go. 
If not, there's just small tweaks. But at this time and during this meeting, I'm going to be getting feedback or any course corrections that we need to be taking. And I will be the person that takes that back to you. Can you see as the leader of a business how nice this is? You're not going to be that go-between anymore. You're not going to be inundated with questions. You're going to have that one trusted partner that is going to help you strategically to get work done, to hit your targets, to reach the vision. If the CEO has had new ideas that have come up, lots of times the people that I'm supporting are in mastermind groups. They are, they're around people. They're having conversations with folks and new ideas percolate. So I want to make sure I'm capturing those. I am by all means not a no person. I want them to bring those ideas to me because it can be magic. We can maybe insert a portion of this idea into something that we have coming up. Maybe it changes the entire course of the business, but I want to be the person on the Monday calls, I'm going to ask, has anything new come up? Are you dreaming of anything new? I'm going to gather those ideas and I'm going to capture them in that strategic mapping model. We're likely not going to address them because we already have a set path for this quarter, but that doesn't mean I don't want the ideas. It really could be something so important that we interject it, which doesn't really happen very often, to be honest, but it's likely one of those things that we're going to put in a future quarter to review. Remember, we're going to do the strategic mapping model every single quarter and all of the injects and ideas and course corrections we're going to review together. So that could definitely change the strategic mapping for the future quarter. And then I am always looking for processes that we can update. So has the business been affected by something this week that we could put a process in to protect us in the future? A lot of times this is in the customer service space, but it could also be from, you know, the team coming to me with different ideas that they have. And lastly, in this meeting, I'm going to share what the week looks like overall. I want the leader to know, remember, this leader is spending overhead and From an expense perspective, they are spending money on the team. I want them to know exactly what the team is doing, how they're performing, if there's any weak links that we're looking at. And it's really going to vary on what type of leader you have. Sometimes people that are new to this position, new to having this position on their team, they are still used to having a lot of control of the day-to-day. So sometimes in that situation, I have to be flexible and really help them to understand that I've got it. Here's what's happening. And 99% of the time, this comes back to communication. So if you're dealing with somebody who is uptight, seems controlling, seems like they're quote unquote a micromanager, that really comes from control and the lack of belief that someone else can do this better than them. So if you continuously communicate and you're effective, then that will likely be at bay before you know it. But I always make sure that I know exactly the type of personality that I'm working with, make sure that I can gel with that person so that I can give them the kind of feedback. When I talked earlier about that yes ma'am versus yes maybe person, I am that person. And what that comes down to for me is really being candid, honest, and strategic. So I am that person that's going to push back when they start to kind of get into that micromanaging space. Or maybe it's just like, I want to do this this, and this, and this. I'm that person who's candid, who's strong, who's honest, who's looking at their business from a completely different perspective from the visionary. And I come in and I say, yes, maybe. Yes, I believe that these are good ideas. Maybe we will do them later. So I really give guardrails to that leader so that we don't get ourselves in a heap of mess. 
So all of this happens really from Monday morning, maybe Sunday night. That's usually when I do it. But a lot of the people that I have trained and have come through the certification will do this early on Monday mornings. So they, they get a full weekend off. But whether you're doing the Sunday night or Monday morning, you're preparing all of this. You're looking at the tools. You're preparing the leader all of that so that you are ready to hop in to the week and really get as much done as possible. After this meeting, you're gonna make any updates to the plans that need to happen. And guess what? Now that you've done this, it is important to sync up with anybody, any contractor or employee who has been, their work will be affected by this meeting. Maybe it's a person who isn't getting their work done. Maybe it's someone who's falling on the job. That happens too. A lot of times if you're in this contractor matrix where you're employing contractors and then they are doing what they need to do to build a business, they've got other competing clients. So maybe their time is just heavily leveraged in another client right now. So you're going to want to take time. I like to do it on Mondays as well, but to reach out to those individuals and make sure that everything is on track. I'm not going to do this one-to-one on a phone call or anything like that, but I will send a Voxer or communicate through the project management tool to have them be aware that I'm a support to them. It's not just a course correction type of or a performance, you know, corrective action type of thing. This is very much, a, like I said, it's a familial role. I am just as much on their side as I am on the business owner's side. And so if they're falling behind, I want to make sure that there's open lines of communication. And I do this in a lot of different ways. Now, this is something that I feel is a little bit personal between, you know, one person to the next. It really depends on the type of personality that you have and how much you want to be invested in the team. But the best scenarios are going to come from people who are genuinely interested in being an advocate for the leader and an advocate for the employee. Other projects that you may be responsible for during a week's time is to review the profit and loss sheet. It really depends on the size of business and how often the bookkeeper or the accountant is getting this information back. But this is something that's quite different for a director of operations versus other support roles in the space, in the small business space. So I love to look at the profit and loss every single week if we have it, if not once a month. And when I'm doing that, I'm looking to see if there's any abnormalities. Is there anything that I need to look at strategically? Are we over leveraging client gifts? Are we spending too much on labor? What does our profit margin look like? Are our sales going down? What do we need to do? What can I do? How can I impact the overall top line this week? So I'm always curious to see how we're performing and the profit and loss sheet will do that for us. I'm also going to be looking at the team. Like I said, I do a lot of work in the team space. I want to make sure that they feel supported. So if I need to hop on a call with them, I will know that I meet with every single teammate once a month. If it needs to be more frequent than that, that's fine. If I'm onboarding, clearly it's going to be more, but Most of the time, I'm talking to the contractor, the employee, one time a month for 30 minutes. And it's really not about the nitty-gritty day-to-day of the job. It's what do you like? What's working? What's not working? Where does our focus need to be? Are you seeing any blind spots that we're not seeing? And do you have any feedback for me as your leader and maybe for the business? And so we're not talking about, hey, give me an update on Project ABC. This is truly to develop the talent within our team. We are going to be optimal if somebody truly and deeply cares about the team so that we can continue to move forward. 
Personally, I love to focus on delivering two to three processes in a month's time. So that is something that I'm highly capable of. If you followed my objectives, my strategic objectives, anything in the operational efficiency space is something that the director of operations is really skilled at. We are really systematic, methodical type thinkers. So if there is something that's not working or something that I can optimize, that is one of those massive gifts and it doesn't have to be a big contrived thing. There are things that I identify, I hear, I see as I'm talking to the leader and the team and I will work with someone, whoever it is that's being affected to make sure that we make this better. Let's just say that we are getting a high number of refund requests for a course. It is my job to look into what's causing the refunds. And so maybe I'm going to get on the phone with the last person who requested this. Maybe I'm going to put together a survey. Maybe I'm going to update the refund policy. It is in my best interest for the business to make sure that someone, and that person is me, to hop in and make sure that we are always optimizing the way that we do business. Other things that I may be doing is mapping out the journey. So I have rarely worked in someone's business where they haven't been excited to put something new out there. And when they put this something new out there, it is always exciting to dream of the way that we're going to deliver it, how we're going to do it. The visionary of the business is rarely looking at the customer journey or the map, like what we're going to sell into, what can be an upsell or a downsell. They're excited to get their idea into the world. And so my strategic zone of genius, if you will, comes in to help us develop a mapping out of the journey, of the experience that the person's going to go through, that the customer is going to experience. So that's wonderful for the customer, but now I have to internalize that for the team. What does the team need to do, need to prepare so that we can actually launch this? Now we get into that project management piece, but it all starts with mapping of the product or the journey. To be really honest, another thing that directors of operations deal with in a week's time is crisis management. Maybe somebody quits. Maybe we have a really, really just a horrific experience with a client. Now those happen. I would be lying to say that those never happen in these businesses. It's just going to happen. We're people trying to please other people and we're not perfect. So it's my job to come in and act as a buffer to the leader, to the CEO, So I will come in. I'm the person, let's just say we have a customer service person on on our team. We've dealt with a really poor experience from somebody. They've come in, they've given their feedback really harshly. Maybe they've personally attacked the customer service rep that they're dealing with. Well, they come to me as the director of operations. They're not going to run to the CEO. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep that CEO working and living in their highest and best self. So as a director of operations, I'm collecting the information. I am bringing operational efficiencies, systems, processes to that experience to enhance it in the future, or maybe just to respond to it. Maybe the person is just way out of bounds and the customer service rep doesn't really know what to do anymore. Well, they come to me as the team leader to help them deal with that. So that is certainly something that I don't love to talk about, but that is definitely what happens as a director of operations. Another thing that is personally a big passion project of mine and a gift of mine, but is in the scope of the role of director of operations is hiring or developing the talent on your team. If I have someone right now who is copywriting and they're excellent performers, they have nailed the voice for the business 
or the CEO, and they want to get into running Facebook ads. So I want to retain this person because they do such an excellent job. Well, it makes the most sense for me to make sure that I am investing back in that person, giving them the tools and the skills to expand. Maybe I give them a test project to see how they can run Facebook ads for this business. The other thing is hiring. So A director of operations serves as a human resource business partner to the business and to the senior leader or to the CEO. In doing that, we are always looking at the organizational structure of the business, the organizational design. You may have heard that word before. So the way that we are comprising the team today works for today, but we are always working on the mission and vision. And I am thinking constantly, scheming and drawing, physically drawing up what the team structure is going to look like, what it needs to look like to hit the vision that the leader has. So we're going to be making modifications always, and people are going to be leaving the business as well to develop on their own. So in the organizational design, there may be some time in my week where I am looking at what a job description would look like for a future role. I may be creating the job description. Heck, I may be hiring somebody right now because let's say our Facebook ads agency or team left or we're replacing them. So in that scenario, I'm the person who's doing all of the research all of the screening, I'm creating the application, I am doing the interviews. Depending on the size of the business that I'm working in and the type of leader that I'm supporting, it may be that I do the full hiring process myself. But in most cases, in the businesses between 500 and $2 million, I'm likely going to be screening everybody, getting you know, getting that applicant pool down to two or three people, and then pulling in the CEO for that final interview. Another area that we focus on is in helping them with the marketing strategy and design. A director of operations with digital marketing experience, maybe in their own business, maybe this is something that they've trained with on their own, they will partner with the CEO to come up with and develop a strategic marketing plan that's going to to ride them in to surpass that $2 million stage. Once we get past then, we're really looking at a much different type of business structure where the integrator is still in between the leader, but underneath that integrator, we may have like heads of different departments departments. Like maybe we have a head of marketing, a head of finance. We're getting into much bigger businesses than a lot of the ones that I have dealt with in the small business space. And another thing that sets my role apart as a director of operations is looking at the metrics. I mean, I help to create the scorecard, the key performance indicators, and the metrics. And it's part of my role to coordinate the collection of that data so that I can analyze and interpret it. I use that to fuel me to, when I have those Monday meetings with the leader, we're going to go over these in a quarterly basis, maybe even a monthly for some of the, some of the data that we're pulling, but we're going to have specific meetings to talk about the metrics and see if there's anything glaring that we need to take note of and how should we be developing this differently. Alrighty, so throughout the entire week, I've been engaging with the team. I've been making sure that the projects are moving forward. The team, frankly, comes to me for any questions that they have. They're not going to the CEO. If I need to go to the CEO, I will 
aggregate or take all the questions to him or her at one time, but I'm not like nickel and diming their time. I want them to be focused in the zone so that they are creating content, creating new offers and products and making those lasting relationships. At the end of the week, I have the team send me a report for the things that they got done. It doesn't always have to be a report. Sometimes it's just updating Trello or the project management tool, but I take all of that data, I turn it into a report, and I share it with the leader. Now, I've heard so many people say, well, the leader never looks at my reports that I do. I don't care. One of the biggest things that I'm going to talk to you guys about in the Director of Operations certification is making sure that you're always showing value. They may not look at your report today, but you're going to want to look back at your report over time to make sure that you are serving the client in the best way possible. You're going to use this as a performance tool for yourself in how well you accompany the leader of this business. So the end of week report is very, very hugely valuable. Lots of business owners love it. You're right. And some of them are not going to look at them, but for you, it is definitely a necessity. So you can see through the end of this, you're playing above the manager space and into the director space. Okay. I am not implementing anything myself. The closest to implementation I'm going to get is actually creating processes and standards And that is as far into implementation as I'm going to get. I'm not writing copy. I'm not scheduling anything. I'm coordinating all the people, all the processes to reach the strategic plan, which aggregates up into the vision that the leader has for this business. So this, my friends, is a really good look into what it's like to be a director of operations. My call to action to you is if any of this sounds like something that you want to move into, or maybe you're focusing in some of these areas, if you're wanting to be certified, I highly encourage you to come visit theopsauthority.com forward slash get dash certified. We are going to be opening up applications. Actually, they're open as we speak, and we're going to be starting a new cohort soon. By being a a certified director of operations, you're going to have access to some amazing tools that you can literally copy and paste. When I ask people why they came through and why they selected this over others, they tell me that they wanted to be more strategic, exercise the leadership that is innately given to them. They have the skills already. I always tell these gals, It's an application process, so I'm not going to take you if you're not fit for me to refer business to. So I'm going to give you a play-by-play of how to set your business up as a director of operations or how to enhance what you've already got working for you. This does not have to be something that you build from the ground up, but it could be. It's certainly what I did when I left corporate and started a business on my own. So I wanted to just take this time today to explain to you guys what a director of operations is. If you're interested, I would love to have you join and apply for the director of operations certification. If you're listening as a business owner and you've been asking yourself, or as I've been talking, you've been thinking, man, this is exactly what I need, or I wanna get to this point to where I can bring on a director of operations, this is the place for you to get the best talent. So for all of the gals that come through the Director of Operations certification, they are a resource to you guys. So if you're looking for talent, go to theopsauthority.com forward slash hire and we'll be in touch and I'll get you connected with somebody who is excellent. 
Alrighty, guys, I hope that this has really helped you to see how a director of operations can really be a massive game changer in a business and can really move you from that growing to scaling and even into the leading position in your business. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Again, if you're interested in becoming a director of operations, applications are open now. Hope you all have an amazing day. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.